All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and host, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Here comes the intro. Skip forward 30 seconds if you want to get right to the episode. This is the Tailboard Talk Podcast, the best health, wellness, and lifestyle resource for the fire service. We're using stories, lessons, and tips from the front lines to give a realistic view of what the job can do to us and how we can make it out alive. I'm Chris Morella, a firefighter since 03, medic since 05, full-time since 08, and promoted to lieutenant in 20. I'm also a personal trainer and strength coach, and I'm here to give you the best information and host the best discussions to make us capable and durable both on the job and away from it. So grab a heater, steal some fancy creamer from First Shift, and let's go chat. Hey everybody, Chris from Fourth Shift Fitness and the Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. Coming to you from the back patio again in the sunroom this time, and you might notice it's a little bit quieter. The birds have flown in the the nest, flown flown the coop, flew the coop. Little baby birdies are out there in the real world. Figuring it out, flapping the little wings, and it's much quieter here at night, but uh, cute little buggers, so we're going to miss them. I uh, hope you enjoyed the last podcast. Uh, Joe Galley actually reached out and said it, the chirping of the birds was so soothing that he actually lost track of the podcast and had to go back and re-listen to it, so hope that had the same effect. I can tell you that it was distracting for Katie and I, but solo episode today, I'm going to run through something that um, is a dirty little secret of the fitness world, especially for firefighters, and it has to do with diets and workouts and nutrition and stuff like that. It's part of what I went over when I was talking for first responder conferences at South Bend. And it was, uh, there's a couple parts of the nutrition part portion of my talk that were kind of well received. So I want to just touch on those real quick. Um, the first one was actually a funny one. Well, before I get going on that, um, new stuff is happening at the company at four shift, uh, redoing the logos. I put a couple of those up, put a couple of different designs. If you're in my broadcast channel, I've shown you some alternate designs that could go on a shirt or a keychain or something cool like that. Um, but that stuff is being finalized this week. I'm talking to a guy about t-shirts, talking to a couple of people about other products as well, but I'm really excited for the logo kind of redesign. Um, along with that, I'm talking to someone about redoing the website. I talked to a few people actually about that redoing the website, and kind of managing the podcast on the back end. So they're going to do stuff like transcriptions, blog posts, uh, marketing for it. And uh, I feel like 118 episodes in, I I compare myself a lot to a lot of people doing similar things. And I feel like 118 episodes in, the show should be bigger, my social media following should be bigger. But man, I just don't have the time or really the interest in the important stuff, like the marketing, the business side of it. I like to create stuff. I like to build stuff. Um, I have a lot of projects I want to do. I want to start adding video to some of these solo episodes. I want to start doing on-site workouts with people like a cribs kind of thing where, you know, if you're within driving distance of my house, uh, I drive to your fire station, we do a workout in your fire station gym, and then maybe we do a quick episode afterwards talking about what you got going on with your health and wellness at your, your department or at least your exercise and stuff like that. That's all video stuff. That's all stuff I want to do. But when I have to sit down and do all the business side of it, which I'm not very good at, it takes away from that, and then, and then I get sad. So all this stuff is going on. Uh, the other thing I'm thinking about doing is creating documents, free workouts, and a couple like cheap $10, $20 paid versions of workouts 
that you guys can purchase through the website. And I've stayed away from that for a long time because I, I'm not a huge fan of them. I'm trying to figure out how to do them so I can feel comfortable with them because there's a huge difference in doing a workout that's written down on paper and getting one effect out of it and then being a personal training client where you have access and you have videos and support and coaching and cues and things to be modified and changed to com- the same workout, but two completely different feelings afterwards, right? So I've avoided kind of doing um, purchasable PDF things because I don't want people to do it and feel underwhelmed and like it was a waste of time or it wasn't worth their 10 or 20 bucks, even though it's a relatively small amount. I don't want to, I don't want to just throw crap out there and, and uh, take your money. So I'm trying to figure out a way to do that. Let me know if you're interested in that. I've had a few people reach out, but it's been kind of one or two off. So let me know if it's worth putting more effort into. All that to be said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for you guys that have donated. Um, Sent coffee money, bought through the affiliate links. All that stuff is so helpful and so nice, especially with me looking down the barrel of adding a manager kind of person, a marketing person, redoing the website, uh, putting out the money for t-shirts and merchandise and stuff like that. I really appreciate everything you guys do to support. And when you share episodes and tag me and stuff, uh, I mean, just in the South Bend conference, I had someone come up to me and say that he, he lives in Indiana. I live in Illinois. I've never met the guy before. He said he uh, really likes the podcast and it was just awesome. It was just so cool. Cause I tell you what, sometimes it's lonely in this, uh, this podcast world. Uh, you know, some of the episodes lag, like last week's numbers are lagging. Um, and it does not feel good because, you know, it's something you build and you put out there and you hope people like it. And it's sometimes these low numbers or low weeks or, um, Instagram things that flop just, man, they make you not feel great, but you guys and showing your support through donations and just saying, Hey, and sending me messages and, um, you know, got, got informally invited to speak in Florida, which I'm filling out the uh, paperwork on that for tonight. Actually, that, that just makes me feel so good. Like we're actually onto something here with this whole four shift thing and the fitness thing and the podcast thing. So I dig it. Thank you. Thank you for support. Please go support. If you, if you like it or, um, for free, just share the podcast with somebody, share the page with somebody free stuff you can do to help me out and uh, kind of help me push, keep pushing forward. All right. So what I want to talk about is dieting. Now, here's a dirty little secret about dieting. And I've used this in Spring for Change. I've used it in the Firefighter Wellness Ladder. I talked about it um, at first responder conferences is that you already have a diet. So there's, diet is two things. It's a noun and a verb. Maybe this is bringing back some memories of, of previous posts. It's a noun and a verb. You can diet or you can understand your diet, okay? You can buy someone's diet and do that diet thing, or you can take a look at your um, surroundings and your environment and your food choices and the decisions that you make meal to meal, and that is your existing diet. Now, for the sake of feeling energized about something and getting invested in something and uh, building an energy around it, buying a diet is usually more appealing because now you're taking on this thing that a professional has outlined and you believe in that and you spent money on it. So you're invested in it and you carry a little bit of steam going into that, but that's going to end at some point. And it's very unlikely that whatever you do for that diet, 
you're going to continue after that diet's regimen has run out. Because once you break it then, or you go against it, or you deviate from it, you realize that there's really no repercussions. And as quickly as you might have gained weight before, and then maybe lost it again, now you have the confidence that, well, I can just go back on this diet that I bought, and I know I can drop 20 LBs real quick. So maybe I'll start fudging a little bit. And then you become kind of in the diet, right? But this whole time, it's something that you've shoehorned yourself into doing uncomfortably. Um, and the whole time you're thinking, it's just a ticking time bomb of going back to your naturally occurring surroundings, right? And the kind of the lesson or the parallel I draw on the conference was take a squirrel, right? And picture a squirrel and squirrels eat nuts and bugs and leaves and sticks or whatever squirrels eat, right? Those things are the squirrel's diet because that's what's most abundant and readily available in nature, and that's just there for them to do, right? Now, let's pretend that squirrels lived in supermarkets, okay? I doubt, I highly doubt that because they like it, they would just hang out in the nut aisle and just eat nuts all day. That's what they eat in nature, right? But given a new environment of a grocery store, they probably wouldn't just naturally gravitate towards the nuts and just stay over there. I'm guessing they would try almost everything and then go towards the things that make them feel the best. Um, I know we're talking about squirrels and feelings, right? But that tastes the best, that give them the most energy. Um, and they would gravitate towards the same things we do, probably heavily processed or high sugar foods, really salty stuff, stuff that tastes good. They're not going to go for what naturally occurs in nature. We've done the same thing, right? And this is not, I'll talk about paleo or keto or caveman or primal blueprint or anything like that. It's purely just to recognize that your existing diet consists of the things that you've surrounded yourself with. And that goes also to like the people you surround yourself with, the attitudes, all that stuff, the mentalities, all that stuff is your diet. It's your environment. It's what you're existing in, right? So what I say in the conference and what I um, insist that everybody does is don't go buy someone else's diet. You already have one. You have a diet already. Just take a look at it right? And we're not making any giant quantum leaps, throwback, good show. We're not making any giant quantum leaps in modifying anything. But here's an example. Maybe I eat things because they're there, right? And maybe they're there more often because I shop at Costco and I got a 72 pack of them every three months. Maybe it's something that I don't really enjoy that much. Um, the The taste has changed over time. It's not the same as I remember it from being a kid. They're really not that great. And I don't know. I recognize it doesn't really help me towards my goals. It's just kind of a thing I do habitually and I have them. Maybe next time you go to Costco, don't buy that thing. Just by that small step, you may have drastically changed or altered your diet, your naturally occurring diet, right? You may inadvertently cut out three to five to 600 calories just by not buying something that really adds no true value to your life, but you're used to buying it. So you just keep doing it. Okay. These are the kind of small changes that I want us all to like look at take notice of I don't want you to cut out entire food groups all right so this is another point of this uh, talk was was elimination diets and if you're not familiar with that term an elimination diet is pretty much every diet it's every diet that tells you to not eat or to only eat very specific things okay so some examples of that would be like paleo keto uh, whole 30 high carb low carb Whatever, whatever very specific thing that makes you exclude 
other things. That would be an elimination diet. You're eliminating a source of calories, and because of that, you don't take in as many calories overall, and now you have a negative energy balance, which means that you have that you burn more calories in, in common terms. You burn more calories than you take in, which means that you're going to lose weight. You're at a deficit, a caloric deficit, okay? And there's a much, much larger um, conversation slash argument to be had about calories in, calories out. It's a very reductionist way of thinking. However, that's how elimination diets work. So let's say you're doing high-protein diet, okay? Now I'm going to run through some some loose, super loose quick math. Let's say that um, you're doing a high-protein diet, okay? And you eat 200 grams of protein. And protein has an energy... Um, a caloric density of four calories per gram, okay? That's 800 calories you've taken in, right? Now, if we adjust that to compare it to carbs, right? Carbs have an energy density of seven calories per gram. So almost double, right? So the same amount of carbs compared to that protein equals almost double the amount of calories. So if you cut out carbs, you are drastically, potentially drastically reducing your calories. Now, even going the other way, if you're cutting out protein, which is like a weird one to do, but if you're doing a high-carb diet, it's a high-energy balance in the carbs, but you're cutting out eight, nine, uh, a 1,000 calories of protein a day. So you're 1,000 calories less than what you would have eaten with your normal, quote-unquote, diet, right? So that's how these things work. They cut out large swaths of food, and uh, when you look at the actual numbers and the calorie density of these foods, you realize that, like, wow, just by cutting out that one thing, I cut out a third of my calories for the day. Now, I'm no longer at 2,800 calories. I'm at 1,700 calories. That's a monster difference, right? You're going to be hungry. You're going to be losing weight because on average, if I go back to the textbook stuff, we would go for around 1,000 calories deficit by the end of the week, resulting in one to two pound weight loss. Now, that's been disputed um, a few times and looked at a few different ways with math, but that's what we're looking at. When you look at more significant weight losses, uh, sorry, more significant calorie reductions by cutting out entire food groups, like cutting out carbs, okay, now you're taking away two-thirds of your calories, yes, you will absolutely lose weight, and probably fast, right? But the compliance with that is extremely low over the course of time. So not only do you gain the weight back, but you usually end up gaining more back. That was like the biggest loser curse or um, thing that you never heard about was if you follow up and do some reading on the biggest loser contestants, you know, I speaking from bad memory, but over 75% of them and probably over 90% of them, if I'm being real harsh, gained back their original weight plus a little bit more. And uh, that's the kind of the dark side about that show. Amongst the other things, it's kind of the dark side about that show that wasn't publicized too well. So where's this all going? I want to encourage you guys to save your money. Okay. Save your money on superfluous food items that you buy out of habit. Save your money on expensive coffee drinks that maybe taste real good, but you know, are super calorie dense in the grand scheme of things. There's alternatives that you can enjoy just as much with all the extra unicorn sprinkles in there. Um, Save your money on buying people's diets before you look at yours. I should say until after you've looked at yours. Okay, take an actual good look at it. There's another side of this too of like, for some reason, first responders are extremely, extremely good critical thinkers under pressure, very detail-oriented, can sniff out BS with a patient or a situation extremely quickly, but then for some reason, 
we sit down at the dinner table or we go shopping and we're like three years old again. We have no concept of the difference between a marshmallow and roast beef. It's like the strangest thing. And all of a sudden we need detailed outlines on how to eat. You've been eating for a long time. Okay. We all know what we quote unquote should and should not be eating. What's quote unquote good or bad to eat. Um, we know this stuff, right? But Usually, if we buy someone else's program and then we blame our environment or our job and why we can't be compliant with it, then nothing works, right? If I can't buy this person's program, my job undercuts it, that's not even worth trying. I might as well just keep on doing what I'm doing. No. Unfortunately, like greatly unfortunately, super duper unfortunately, fitness and nutrition are two areas that are real, real heavy in personal responsibility and personal accountability. And... That's a bummer because I wish it could just be much easier than that. I wish you could make bad decisions. Someone can bail you out and do the work for you. It's just not the way it is. You have to do the work. You have to make the decisions. You have to make the changes. You have to do them for a long, long time. And then eventually, eventually, you'll see some changes that you want to. Some positive body changes, some body composition changes, some performance changes and the benefit. But it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. I promise that. One of the other slides I have up there that I use in Spring for Change was it took you years and years to get in the condition you're in. It took you years and years for you to fall out of shape or get in the condition you're in. It's going to take longer than a six-week trial to get out of it. It's going to take a long time. But I am certainly grateful and certainly appreciative of those of you who have recognized that and start working towards it. Okay. I, I don't expect people to... I said this in the talk as well. I'll probably put this clip up as well. I don't expect people to get berated for being out of shape or eating poorly or whatever and then turn around and I see you next week and you're 100% different. You made significant life changes and now you're 50 pounds lighter. I don't expect that. Okay, People will expect that. People who don't understand the process and the consistency it takes and the uh, grit and determination it takes to make body composition changes, those people that don't have that scope will absolutely say like, well, they were fat last year and they're fat again this year and have no idea of the progress you've made, right? My job as a coach um, and as a fitness dude is to encourage you through the process and understand that it takes a long time. And I don't want someone to make a drastic, like, eighty dump 80 pounds, um, completely change their life around, mess up their family, but be skinny six months from now. I don't want that, Okay. I am much, much happier seeing someone make slow, arduous, painful, gradual change over three to four years and really, really make some worthwhile body composition changes, some lifestyle changes, and be in a much, much better place. And in the meantime, we're going to have some tough calls. We're going to have some tough physical circumstances where, man, I wish you we could just speed up time and you could be in better shape now. But that's not realistic, okay? I... I would much rather have you identify the need to change and consistently and slowly start working towards it than crash dieting, um, trying all kinds of goofy ways to do it, uh, whatever supplements that you can think of right now that help you lose weight but aren't going to help your health. So if you're feeling like, yeah, I've been trying for a long time, I dropped 15 pounds, I've been stuck for a while, it's not worth it, I think it's worth it. Okay, and if you're going to be on my crew, it's definitely worth it. And I'm going to keep encouraging you to do so. I understand the frustration in it. I understand the amount of effort it takes compared to the relatively small outcome and benefit that you're perceiving. Um, but I'm seeing it. 
Okay, so keep working. Keep working hard. I put a thing up the other day because I've seen it too many times, the flag or the sign that says nobody cares, work harder. I care. I care, work harder. Okay, I want you to keep working harder. I care that you're doing it. I'm going to especially care when you stop doing it, but I care. Work harder. All right, so quick episode today. Let's see where we're at. 19 minutes. I'm going to cut off there before I start rambling more. Um, but I dig you guys, man. Thank you. It's a small, small community we have here. And I recognize that. And a part of me really, really likes it. Part of me feels like, man, 180 episodes in, you should have more. But when I get those responses, like I said before, when I get those responses from you and I know that like, I, I see every like on every, um, Instagram thing. I see every download. I see every coffee donation. I get every message. It's just like, it, it can be loosely parallel to what I was talking about with weight loss, right? It's a long, long journey. And man, every time that you guys reach out, it helps me keep going. helps me reaffirm that I'm doing the right thing, that it's worth my time to keep doing. So thank you guys for reaching out. Thanks for your support. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Be a force shifter. <laughs>